Well, this uh, this is a song that, for me, I grew up with, and uh, my mom is a fan of like Joni Mitchell and Carole King and and the, the greats like that. And uh, one of the first songs I remember her playing for me was uh, "You've Got a Friend" by Carole King, and it's it's a really beautiful song, and I still listen to it today. I think in my house the boss has to be uh, my mom. My dad kind of he he's my dad does does the hard work. Not saying my mom doesn't, but I think my my dad kind of does does the schlepping, <laughs> as she would say herself. But uh, my mom is the one kind of pulling the strings. I think for sure. My parents have been in business for the last thirty years, and um, it started as as wholesale fruit and vegetables essentially, and they've moved it into something that's that's almost completely different now. It's it's now producing products for supermarkets. So um, they do quiches they do pies they do fruit salads so invariably if you've eaten any of those sorts of things you've eaten something my parents have, have made from their, their business growing up my parents were, were strict to a certain extent but not in the sense that you know they weren't they wanted you to have fun you know and I think that was key to it they were very understanding and you know had they, they wouldn't be kind of you know small minded about kind of things and very open to the, the world And um, but no I think you know it gave us a good kind of grounding because you know on one side you know we weren't going out and losing ourselves out, out on a night out but you know we still had that kind of grounding of you know we, we knew we had to call and check in and things like that I have uh, one brother so my brother's name is John and uh, John is four years younger than me um, we're great friends now and uh, but I mean I think my mom had a had a really serious handful on, you know when, when we were growing because we just killed each other I remember you know throwing shoes at each other and things like that which is I think that's kind of general growing up sort of stuff So the music side of things that came, um, I had I had left school and I was in my first uh, year in college. My first year in college, I was studying uh, media studies, and I I did it. And I has I had seen um, I, it wasn't the course for me, and that was the biggest thing was that it just didn't suit me, and I didn't have the patience for it. And I actually saw an audition for um, a, a band, and that's how I kind of segued into music. I actually was kind of one of the forming members of this other band, which which we had a little bit of success with. Um, we had two Irish number one singles and we supported the Pussycat Dolls and JLS and we got to perform in the O2 which that that was like that was the key dream point and um, so it was it was a fantastic um, journey but you know I think the consistency of that sort of lifestyle just wasn't for me you know I mean you're traveling a lot of the time you don't have creative control you know someone else is kind of pulling the strings in in a sense and I found that very frustrating you know and and I think from looking at that to what I do now you know I have a lot more control in what I do you know we have great opportunities to create beautiful things on on television and you know in books and I do my own food photography so it gives me an opportunity to kind of have a creative outlet where I didn't have that in music even though it seems like a creative outlet but because of the style of music we were doing it's pop music so you know you're never going to have that um the the cooking side of it was was always part of what I did you know even when I was in the bands I had started writing a food blog in 2007 so I you know while we were in the band I still remember you know when I was writing my first cookbook we were doing I was doing corrections 
friends in the car that we were traveling to do a gig in Cork and everyone had to be quiet while I was on the phone to the publisher to talk through what the you know what the corrections were going to be so it was very much intertwined with what I was doing already so when I started a food blog that's when it really started kind of kicking off for me in terms of food and I was blogging for six months and after six months, I got approached by a, an Irish publisher, uh, Mercer Press, and they asked me, would I be interested in writing a cookbook? It was very tough work and we just kept going and we finally got something that um, that essentially led on to all the other things because once the cookbook came out, I remember being on a, a radio interview actually with uh, Ryan Tuberty and um, the, the following, the, literally the, the day after that, I got inundated with phone calls about, um, you know, people asking, would you be interested in doing TV? And from there, that's where it started. And I'm actually still with uh, the production company who rang me that, that that very day since. Sophie and I met in, in a true Irish situation in an Irish pub. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's a strange kind of convoluted story, but her best friend's uh, mother was Irish. And so her grandmother used to live on the street that I grew up on. And so Sophie used to come and visit her friend when she would come over for uh, holidays in, in the summer. And um, Sophie eventually came over one, one summer when we were in our teens. And um, that's when we met. And um, we, we, I actually travelled to Sweden after... After our summer of love, um, I travelled to Sweden and um, worked there for a while. And then uh, we both came back to Ireland and we've been living in Dublin ever since. You know, every two or three years, we, we, we love going to Paris. And, um, you know, your, your cheap Ryanair flight will get you there, no bother. And, and you're in the city of love and romance. And um, the big joke for years has been that I get down on uh, on one knee and tie my shoelaces in front of the Eiffel Tower. And this has been the running joke for for years. And um, finally, I thought the, the only place I can now do it is... is to do it in Paris and so I actually we got down to the Eiffel Tower and the place we, we got off a flight on a morning flight and we didn't get down to the Eiffel Tower till about 12 or 1 o'clock and it was teeming with tourists totally not the place you want to do it you know where you're just completely you know surrounded by people and there's no special magic moment and so we ended up with me clutching this ring in, in my pocket um, all the way walking right down past the Eiffel Tower through the Eiffel Tower onto and, and into the little kind of garden area and um, so finally there was a little space where there was nobody around and um, we still had the view of the Eiffel Tower and um, I asked her to stand in front of the Eiffel Tower so I could take a picture of, of her and um, she went off and when she turned back around I had I had the ring out and was down on one knee and that's how it happened I will tell your story if you die I will tell your story This one, uh, this is by an artist called Lale. This song she actually performed at the uh, memorial service for the the victims of the massacre on Utøya, the Norwegian islands, and um, it is and still remains to be one of the most kind of powerful performances I've ever seen. It is incredible, and and the song has a lot of meaning, and it's just one that you know it's it's part of part of our relationship. We we listen to it all the time, and it's it's a really beautiful one as well.
So